Coffee Toad. I'm Dr. Walter Aka, and I have the honor, the pleasure of actually uh, interviewing a good friend of mine, Dr. Hamza Gaj. What's going on, Doc? How's everything, man? Not much. I'm good. How are you? Yeah. You know, so I, I know that I'm the one that actually asked you to come on here. And the reason I wanted to ask you to come on here was because, you know, you have a very unique story from being from Africa, so you you got to represent the A, right. you know, uh, from from basically modeling, and I know you're humble about it, but I'm going to bring it up, you know, uh, to, to working in dentistry, being a photographer, there's just a lot. So we're going to break, we're going to break all that down. I actually want to talk to you as a new graduate. I want to talk to you about how, how you see dentistry going in the future. So that's what we're going to talk about. So before you do anything, let's, let's just introduce you. Let's, let's get people to get to know you. Sure. Okay. So, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, so I was born in Zambia. Um, I moved here when I was about seven. Uh, parents basically wanted me to get a better education. So I decided to make the big move here when my mom's sister lives here. Um, started school here, went to undergrad in Austin, then went to dental school in Chicago, and just recently moved back here now. And this is my first year in dentistry. So just trying to get used to that. Okay. Yeah. Well, so now that you're, you're, you're um, working, okay, oh, oh, before we do that, you grew up in what part of um, Zambia? And I want you to tell me, like, if, if I were to go visit Zambia, right. what would be one thing that you'd want me to see? Uh, well, I mean, obviously one of the seven ones is in Victoria Falls. Okay. It's located right at the border of Zimbabwe and Zambia. Okay. Um, so we were, I was basically born in Livingston, which is where Victoria Falls is. So Livingston, okay. Yeah. And you can actually see the fog from the Victoria Falls from our backyard. That's how close we were to it. Wow. So, um, yeah, I was born there. My dad actually owned a bunch of spare part businesses there. Okay. I kind of started that from fresh. My parents didn't go to college or anything. They were kind of... Um, self-made in that way. My dad started the business from the ground up there and then moved to Lusaka, Zambia after, soon after and started business in Lusaka. Okay. And uh, so we lived there until I was about seven. All right. We made the big move to um, the U.S. after that. Got you. So my dad actually still has his business there. He goes back and forth right now. Okay. So he's pretty much supported our whole family his entire time while we've been here. So okay. he's kind of a big... Uh, big influence in my work ethic and all that stuff. I think a lot of us migrant families right. know, put a lot of uh, respect and love in our families because of the amount of stuff they sacrificed to bring us here. Very um, true. So Very that, true. That was a big influence in why I, I think I got as far as I did, which okay. is that drive to want to you know, make the most of what your parents' expectations are. At some point. And excel and everything exactly. else. Okay. So now you're working. Right. Right, you graduated, you're feeling good about life, and now you're working. Do you think that dentistry is exactly what you thought it was going to be when you were a dental student and now you're working? Do you do you believe that you got what you signed up for? Uh, I mean, yes and no. I think to a certain extent it is what you expect in, in the fact that you are doing dentistry as you did in school, just to a different degree. Um, but then again... What you saw, what you expected in school and whatnot is only like 5% of what dentistry is in the real world. There's okay. so much more to it. There's the business aspect of it, learning how to run a business, learning how to be a boss, learning how to financially, you know, control everything. Um, once you start actually having an income and realizing how to be responsible with your income, it's a lot of stuff that they don't teach you in dental school. 
um, when it comes down to that. So I think there's much more to dentistry than just working on somebody's teeth or being in someone's mouth. There's a whole field of um, specialty and things you need to focus on outside of dentistry too and how to um, grow yourself as a dentist right? outside of being just a clinician. Okay. And so when you, you talked about like the business aspect and everything, do you think that you know, now that you're an associate, yeah. So you work with you work for somebody else, yeah, right? Technically, an employee. An employee. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, and and I'm from what you and I have talked about, you have that, you know, entrepreneurship. Right. You know, you want to get in there, you want to get your own business and everything yeah. like that. Do you find that people are too focused on the business aspect and not on the dental aspect? I think that can sometimes get people caught up with. Um, that aspect of it, I think you have to walk a fine line between realizing you're still a clinician and the patient should always come first. But some people can sometimes fall down the other side and see patients as being numbers and, you know, income and stuff. And so I think it's a very fine line you have to kind of always walk and okay. be attentive of. So that's the same thing with me. Like while I do want to be kind of putting my hands in all types of different things, at the end of the day, when it's me and the patient, that's the person that comes first because that's why I went to school to become a dentist. That's why I chose to become a doctor is to help people. So at the end of the day, when you're in that room with a patient, that's the number one reason you became a dentist, not because of marketing or becoming a boss. Right. Well, so, okay. But in all honesty, as a dentist, you are also a business person. Right. And so you want to balance the idea of, okay, you know what? I got to serve the patient, but I also have to run a business, right? Because your assistants, your hygienists, they're all dependent on you to eat. Right. Do you think that that line is kind of blurred sometimes? You know, do you find yourself kind of saying, you know what? There are some days where I'm looking at my numbers and I'm like, hey, I need to survive too. I need to eat. You know, I have student loans I got to pay off. Yeah. Does that does that kind of come in, in once in a while? And you can be honest. Yeah. No I one's mean, gonna no one's gonna say you're a bad person for course, thinking like, that. I always joke with my friends like when they're eating candy and stuff. I'm like, you know what? Keep doing that because that's good business for me. And there I you joke go. About that because yeah. yeah, at the end of the day, you know, we make. Our money off patients having certain things. It's not that we want them to have it, but it's the fact that that's how we get our income. Right. Um, and there are some days where you have a patient who doesn't have anything and they might not have, you know, they might have the most perfect teeth. But I think the most important aspect of it is being a good provider to them to right. where if anything were to come up or mm-hmm. if they were to have issues, they're going to come back to you because of how they felt around you. And that's what I see it as it's more of a long-term thing rather than a short-term thing. So when a patient comes in, I'm not trying to squeeze as many treatments into seeing a patient in that one day. Because at the end of the day, that could actually steer a patient away. They might never come back because they're like, I walked in there and I ended up paying $2,000 and I'm never going to go see a dentist again. (laughs) So it's more about trying to maintain the trust of the patient and knowing that in the long term, you're going to treat them in the best way possible without having, you know, without taking all the money out of their pockets. Okay. Well, your friends, right? You guys all just graduated recently. Right. What's one of the, like, the hot topics that you guys talk about? You know, for I remember from my friends, myself, you know, I would call my, my, my uh, friends, my graduating class, and we would talk about student loans. We would talk about basically not finding the ideal job, right? Because we all want to do so much 
I remember we all wanted to do so much. We all wanted to place implants at the time, right? That was big. We yeah. all wanted to do implants. You know, we all wanted to do molar root canals and stuff like that, right? High ticketed items. Y'all that's what. Yeah, we wanted to. We absolutely did because we were like, oh, that's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. Right. And 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 that was something that we talked about a lot. And we were also talking about just how disappointed we were because corporations had kind of taken over, or at least started to take over. Right. What's the hot topic for you guys? And mind you, I talked about this in 2009. Yeah. So what's the hot topic now? I think we didn't have a lot of the same things. I think now it's more about the dental technology. Okay. And what we have in our practices, I think that's a big influence in it. Um, okay. Like, for instance, I currently have the Sarah CAD cams. Mm-hmm. Office, and then a lot of my friends don't have that luxury. And we learned that in our school. So um, we learned it in school not knowing whether we were going to use it again and getting out of there. So when I ended up getting out and realizing that the company I was working for had cat cams, I took full advantage of it. Um, so that was a big aspect of it. Another big aspect, like you said, is being able to do a bit of everything, doing, you know, oral surgery, uh, molar endos, all that kind of stuff. Some practices don't provide that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're just limited to a certain uh, amount of pain. Do you find yourself... Um looking at the uh cat cam that you have and and going you know what i'm I'm glad that i'm here to learn all this stuff or do you think that sometimes it's overused because personally i think it's overused yeah. i do yeah. I, I think it's overused because i feel like you know uh, the offices that have them they're like that's all you should use and i don't think dentists are lab techs there's some cases where i'm like you should not have used that cat cam you know to to do the the work in in-house yeah. because I think the laboratory professional would have done a better job. Yeah, honestly, CAD cam's not for everyone. I think there's some patients that shouldn't be getting it. Okay. I also think there's some dentists that shouldn't be doing it. Because okay, so you do feel like very, it's being overused. It is, a, yeah, and it's also a very technique-sensitive okay. um, tool. So right. you have to be really proficient in using it. It's not just something you just plug and chug okay. and it makes the crown perfectly. You have to really know how to design the crown, how to have really good occlusion with it, and unfortunately, I don't think that's something a lot of clinicians have okay. using it. And we get a lot of cases where crowns are falling off, mm-hmm. crowns are cracking, um, a lot of stuff like that. And it's because it's not being made correctly or it's not being taught right. correctly. How how many hours, minutes, days uh, did you think it, it's gonna it would take for you to become proficient at using the cat cam? And do you think that people were actually trained for that a lot, uh, amount of time? I think you would need a good solid week or so of CE credit to get proficient at it because not only is there the um, physical aspect of how to design the crown, but there's also the software aspect. You need to know how to use the software to your best advantage. There's so much on that software that we weren't taught in school. Right. Um, and I think if you are able to get better at using the software, you can actually learn a lot of tricks and techniques how to make the crowns, you know, look more like a tooth and um, customize it more like that. And I think that having a week's worth of CE with the people who actually make it would actually help with that. And do you get that? Do you guys get that? We, I was fortunate enough to get that with the company I'm with. Right. But I don't think a lot of clinicians that buy the product right. that. And they spend enough money on the machine. I don't think they're willing to spend that extra amount to do the CE course or they don't have the time to because the machines are expensive. And right. Once you get them, you want to start, you know, using them as quick as possible to start getting that income. And and that's where I was actually going to go with that. I'm glad you mentioned that because 
and and you know, I had this discussion before with Dr. Cradock, and he got mad at me, but I don't care, right? He's not here, so I can say whatever I want. You know, I think whenever you spend a lot of money on something, you better use it, right? right? It's kind of like you know, my 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 daughter. I buy her something, and it's a little pricey. Yeah. I better see her using it every single time. Yeah. I, even if I look at her and she's sleeping, she better be using it while she's sleeping. It's yeah. Right, you know what I mean? And so to me, I'm like, if you buy something expensive, you have to use it, or you just wasted a lot of money. Right. And these cat cams could be $100,000. Right. So that means they're expensive, yeah. right? So that means that you have to use it. Right. And I think that's why most dentists, if a patient needs it or should not have it or should have it, they don't even care. It's we better use it for every patient. Do you agree with that or do you think I'm just full of crap? And it's okay. I mean, personally, I don't think, like I said, they're not for every patient. Right. I'm saying, do you see dentists using it for every patient just because of how expensive it is? Yeah, for sure. I mean, right. you know, at the end of the day, I can kind of understand why they would want to do it because they're trying to make that money back. Right. But at the same time, you know, the reality of it is that that patient sometimes doesn't need it. Um, but unfortunately, the, the dentist is under so much financial pressure and buying this machine that they need to kind of force themselves to do it. Gotcha. But I think if they're going to do that, they need to also invest a little bit more time and money to learn how to use it correctly. Right. Because not only are they cheating themselves as a dentist, but mm-hmm. they're also cheating the patient. And then it, it kind of screws both of them over in the long run. But there you go. It's not going to want to come back. Okay. The crown keeps falling off or breaking, you know? Um, so it's definitely another fine line. So once you buy that machine, you need to really invest the time to learn how to use it. And I do that with anything. Like when I buy, like I'm really into tech products, but before mm-hmm. I buy any tech product that I know is really expensive, I spend a good month or so researching okay. to try to figure out if this is the right product for me and if it fits my personal lifestyle, whether it's a camera, whether right. it's a video game system or an iPad or something right. like that. Do you think, and, and, and speaking of cameras, right, you, you, Take for, you take pictures, you know. I just started getting into it too, and I think I'm really good. Uh, but that's you know, that's, <laughs> I, thank you. You know, I mean, I, I don't want to brag, but I am. I'm awesome at it. You know, <laughs> and I only spend like a day or two no. learning all that. That's okay, whatever. You know, it's just natural talent. Yeah, it is what it is. Uh, it is a Ghanaian. Thank you. Most Ghanaians excel at everything that we do. Thank you. You know, I didn't want to say it. I'm glad you did. Right. Hopefully, people heard that. Uh, but. When it comes to photography, one thing that I actually bought my camera for right. was so I could show patients, like, hey, let me take a picture of this. You, you have full color, zoomed in. You can see how we can improve right. your your oral health, right? If it's a gum graft that they need, if it's a tooth that's been broken down and you want to show them, right? Yeah. Do you think that dentists utilize these technologies Right. And I mean, it's a simple technology. It's, you know, my camera, I think total might have cost me like 1500 mm-hmm. with everything. Right. That's cheaper than this machine that's cost 100000 yeah. And I think people will get more out of it. Yeah, sure. Right. So do you think dentists need to utilize that more than just trying to find something fancy that everybody's talking about? Absolutely. I mean, like I'm bringing up Instagram again. I have a lot of friends that are not in the dental field that follow um, dental Instagram account, mm-hmm. and it's just because they're, you know, visually they can see the difference in what's going on, like to see, um, you know, certain dentists in before and after pictures, and to see the difference, you can actually respect their admirers that are asking for dentistry that people don't consider. And people at the end of the day are visual people, like right. they only understand something if you show it to them. If you explain it to them and say, like, this is how it's going to look, it's going to look this great, this cusp is going to look nice and round, they're not going to really, like, be able to visualize that. Okay. Once you show them, 
what's going to happen. It can be shown in an x-ray. Sometimes, you know, x-rays are hard to read if you haven't been in dental school for four years. Right. If you haven't seen x-rays for the last two years of your life. Mm-hmm. So I think for patients, it's really important to be able to see an actual picture of how their teeth look or how they're going to look. Right. And it can definitely make a difference in their treatment plan decision making. Okay. And whether they're willing to invest in that vision, um, you know, Reward. Okay. Okay. So another thing too is where do you think, you, well, you and your friends, yeah. and I don't I mean if you want to bring somebody into this equation without saying names, but where do you think dentistry is actually going? You know, again, it's been 10 years since I graduated and, you know, when you graduated, right? Yeah. And a lot of things have changed. Like, for example, there's a lot more corporate dentistry in the field of dentistry. And I think the number now is, you know, 25%. They own, they, 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 they take over about 25%. Do you think corporate dentistry is where the dentistry is going? And do you think it's good, right? Because I feel like pharmacists have lost their their identity, right? Because most pharmacists that I know work at CVS, Rite Aid, Eckerd, all those places, yeah. chain, right? Do you think that's where dentistry is going? I mean, it's hard to say. I think we still... I mean, you got to give me a yes or no. We're, we're far away from that, I think. We okay. But do you think that's where it's going? If we lose control of our patients, I think technically, yes. If you lose control of your patient, what do you mean by that? If, I think dentistry is a very personal uh, profession. It's a very human-based profession. So the importance in that is being able to have a relationship with your patient, being able to maintain this relationship. And I think that's one thing corporations haven't been able to uh, successfully Take advantage of so, so do you think that patients know, hey, I'm in a private practice, like, you know, I can see that this is my dentist and this dentist is going to be there for a very long time, or, hey, I'm in a corporation, I feel like a number. So you think patients can actually tell the t- difference? I have had friends that have told me that. They're like, oh, do you work in a corporate practice or do you work in like a private? And so they know the difference. Okay. They can tell sometimes. Or I've had friends who have seen their dentist for the last 20 years. You know, they know them by personal. Right. Them. They see them in the grocery store when they go shopping. Like, right. There's a lot of dentists that have that relationship with their patients. Because right. They've owned that practice for a good amount of time. They've seen the same families. And I think that's an important part of dentistry, being able to know that because, you know, when you first walk into that room, you establish a relationship with a patient. Whereas I think with corporations, the one disadvantage they have is they're constantly charging out new dentists. Mm-hmm. So there's no relationship built over time with the patient. And so I've had that where I've walked in the room with right. this corporation and the patient has been like, oh, another dentist. Like, where did the last one go? Like, I feel gotcha. like I see a dentist every time. Gotcha. And that's a huge disadvantage because I feel like you have to regain this trust with this patient. Right. They're going to feel like, oh, a new treatment plan now. The other dentist came up with something that you have a whole different one. And that consistency isn't there. Right. And that can definitely set a huge um, barrier between you and being able to get the full benefit of treating patients. So do you find that, you know, now that you're stepping into this environment where, like you said, you are the next doctor in a line of many doctors that they've seen do you find that patients have a hard time trusting initially and it takes a lot longer to gain that trust versus if you were to be in a private practice and it's like oh well you're the second dentist i've seen in 20 years yeah right because the other one retired or something so i think the difference with that is if you're in a private practice you have that either the previous dentist who was there or the dentist that is there, he introduces you and he's like, oh, you know, this is the new dentist that's going to be working with me. So I think you have the dentist who had that 
relationship already developed and he's handing it over to you. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of passing along the torch to you. Okay. So in a way that kind of helps with the patient trust them because they feel like, okay, the dentist that I've always worked with trusts this person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is still a phase of trust you have to build up, but I okay. feel like it's a lot easier than going straight into a profession and not having that um, previous dentist introduction or that previous um, dentist kind of helping you off with that. Okay. Do you think that corporations are a cancer to dentistry, or do you think they're a benefit to dentistry? And and I mean, I, I say that knowing that there's a, there's not just black and white, right? There's a gray line. So when do you think corporations are beneficial, and when do you think that they're kind of cancerous to the dental profession? I think they're definitely cancerous in a way where they can set a bad tone or bad thing for dentists. Okay. Um, and it's not all corporations. Exactly. We know that, right? All it, yeah. is like, it can be like one bad apple to ruin how a patient feels about dentists in general. They might right. feel like all dentists are like that. Right. Um, whereas the good thing is that's what can set us apart of dentists in private practice. It's we can, we can, you know, reverse or, um, change that perspective the patient once had about going to a previous corporate office where they felt like they were just a number or they felt like they were detached from the dentist. Mm-hmm. Your job as a private dentist now is to show how you can separate yourself from that and be more personal and show more care to them. All right. Take more uh, effort into being a person to them and not just a, a clinical provider. Right. Do you think that um, dentists that are in private practice do a better job than dentists that are in corporations? And I know that's another heavy question, but do you think that dentists that are in private practice do a better job than dentists that are in corporations? I don't think so. I think there are some great dentists in corporations that are just, you know, working in corporations mm-hmm. because they feel like that's just more than a fit. And I think there are some dentists that have their own private practices that aren't the best, you know, dentists. They just wanted to own their own business and do that aspect of it. So I think there's a, there's a mix between the two. Um, I just think the important thing for them to do is, I feel like, know what, if, if, like, know what your favorite, uh, thing to do is. Like, if you want to own a business and be a great clinician, you need to know how to balance it so that you can't just put all your eggs in one basket. If you're going to be really good at business, you need to also kind of develop some skills because you're not going to be able to run a business if there's no patients coming in because you're not a good clinician. Okay. Um, Okay. But yeah, I think both both fields have great dentists in them. It's just a matter of finding them. As a new dentist, what is the biggest hurdle? Like the 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 one thing that makes it really tough for you? Because you're a new guy, right? Yeah. And, and I remember when I was uh, just coming out of school. Yeah. And I worked at the VA hospital, and you know the one patient I remember. I'll never forget this guy. He basically was like, "Where's my dentist?" And I'm like, "I'm right here." And he was just like, "No, seriously, where's my dentist?" He's like, "I have kids that are older than you." You know, but yet you're going to try to work on me. And I remember having to gain that. And at the end of the you know, appointment, after I think it was like an extraction or something, he came, for, for, he came in for an emergency. And after that, he said, okay, you're not that bad. But I had to literally gain that respect. And my director at the time walked in and was like, he's going to be fine. You'll be fine. You know, yeah. just So he kind of had to almost vouch for me. Yeah, transfer to trust. Right. And so do you find that what is the hardest thing as a new guy for you? As a new guy or girl. Same thing. That's why, I mean, I had a beard for the first few months I was out of school. Oh, so, <laughs> so facial hair was going to make you look yeah, older. Once I shaved, I, I started getting this on. Right. Okay. Age, 
factor. But um, I think another hurdle is, like I said, finances. You need to realize, like, when you get out, you're not just going to start making all this money like people expect. Like, you know, people always assume dentists just make mad money coming up, but that's not true. Like, we have student loans to take care of. We have, you know, once you get out, it's not like you're just getting a job straight away. You have to figure out what's right for you, mm-hmm. perfect fit. Um, I've had some friends, unfortunately, that worked for two months, hated it, got out, and then they're looking for a new place again. So I think the biggest hurdle is trying to figure out what's right for you mm-hmm. on top of having that cloud of uh, student debt over your head while you decide on that project. Do you think student debt is the reason why corporations exist, right? Because now you have somebody that's going to hire you. So do you think student debt equals the the rise of corporations? And I made it almost seem like a movie or something. But student debt equals the rise of corporations. Yeah, I think it's like a vicious cycle because a lot of the places I was applying for, I remember always the first description was always like, oh, we'll, we'll take care of this much of your student debt, or we'll pay off this much of your student loan. But they know how to kind of reel you in with that um, first introductory paragraph. And so I think a lot of students automatically go straight to corporations because A, they take care of your health care insurance, they take care of all that, you know, extraneous variable financial stuff. Right. And B, they, they offer all these things like student loan, partial, you know, um, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, sign on bonuses. So that's automatically the first thing you see and think, okay, I gotta go here because you're gonna pay off this much. Gotcha. But then you don't realize that you're, you're dedicating a portion of your dental life to this company. Right. And you have to really hope that you made the right decision that you're gonna, you're not gonna get stuck to a contract or, you know, you're not gonna get stagnant to a certain extent working for this company just because you saw that number. Okay. You have to be really smart about, you know, reading everything, not just the first five lines that they want you to read. Right. You really see how long the contract is, what the production versus collection is, like really. And I was lucky enough to do that. Like I didn't go straight into work. I kind of did some research. I talked to a lot of my friends, um, that were already working. And I interviewed a, a bunch of places and I made kind of like a, a chart of different jobs, mm-hmm. different options, what they offered, what all the, pros and cons of each job work. And I went over it with multiple dentists I knew and multiple dental students that I knew and ended up deciding on it. Okay. So last thing, advice for maybe someone that's coming out of school, someone that's trying to get into dental school. Okay. What advice would you give them that would make their lives a lot easier and maybe not surprise them when they get out? I think the biggest one for me was just that failure it's going to happen. You're going to go through a lot of failure. Okay. And I went through a ton of it from starting with undergrad, not even just like dental school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I didn't get in the first time I applied. I didn't do well on the first DVT I took. Mm-hmm. I didn't do well on the first boards I took. Okay. So like every test I've taken, basically, every big test was not the best result I had. Right. That's basically just the test, and that's all it is. It doesn't mean you, you need to give up or anything. Like right. That's just. For me, I think the biggest learning factors in all my life, or the biggest learning points in all of them were points in my life that I really failed. And it made me a bigger person, made me a stronger person, and you just realize that you can just get up and just keep going. And so I think my biggest advice is just once you decide you're going to go on the path of dentistry, you need to realize you're going to hit a lot of failures along the way, but you just have to keep going. Because even when you become a dentist, there's going to be a lot of procedures where you might mess up or you might do something. 
And all it is is just a learning curve. You just kind of have to go through it, and that's what's going to make you better. Really so you're not going to do every procedure perfectly. And sometimes you're going to do procedures that you might have done somewhere and a dentist didn't know them. Doesn't necessarily mean that you're a bad dentist. It just means you're learning, and that's why it's called a practice. You know, okay. The practice of dentistry. You're right. Always practicing. Right. That's actually really good, and it's it's kind of um, intelligent of you to see that the failures aren't really what kind of make you right it's it's what you do with the failures you know i mean trust me i i remember my first uh molar root canal i literally perforated that tooth the tooth needed to come out like a few months later was i like upset yes it was my first one and i was like oh my god this is not a good way to start you know but did i learn from that absolutely you know and i had i mean i was very lucky to have people that were like listen it happens if you don't do it here you're going to do it there you're going to do this you're going to do that so you basically want to learn as much as you can while you're in school it does it suck that you have to go through school for so long yes But it is what it is, you know. If you are, if you want to do this, it's going to be a journey. And honestly, if you pass everything your whole life without failure, I feel like that means you're a weaker person because you expect everything to go your way. Right, and, and you took the easy way out, maybe. Yeah, you, you you don't prepare for it because you kind of feel like, okay, I'm, I'm used to just always doing that. Right. Whereas with failure, you kind of know what failure feels like. Right. You know that feeling that you have. Because I mean, in dentists, we're perfectionists. We always want things to go perfectly. And failure really hurts when we hit that. So we never want to deal with that. So right. we always try to be extra prepared for every procedure. We always want to be extra um, careful while doing procedures. Mm-hmm. So I think it's an important thing to just keep in mind that you will fail, but it's just a There you go. That's wisdom right yeah. there. So, go ahead. Uh, no, no, sorry I mean, for cutting you off. Thing I just want to say, like, I, I had a lot of great mentors in school, and I think there's two I really want to give a shout out to. Oh, okay. And Hopefully they're not, listening. Yeah. I and mean, if they're not, if they're listening, please just definitely the two top of the teachers are Dr. Lau and Dr. Swan. Dr. Lau and Swan. Yeah. So okay. They're both, they're both the toughest female role model I have. Okay. Life, besides my mom and sister. Obviously. Okay. Yeah. But they helped me through a lot of the way, and I think they definitely taught me that failure are necessary and they failed me a lot of times <laughs> but i think in the best way so okay they really showed me that they cared and i just wanted to give them a thank you. oh that's a, that's awesome i really yeah that, see that's great man yeah. because I, I think whenever you can see somebody who is tough on you as somebody who is motivating and inspiring you yeah. those are the kind of teachers that you want other people to kind of have right i remember there are a few teachers in my program where i was like oh my god they were tough yeah. but i go back and the first people that i go look for are them yeah. because really, i'm like you did well for me school, you complain about right all this stuff, but now looking back well after working half a year i realized like how much they actually taught me even going through just little things like my notes and right careful, yeah I, you realize how much those small details really add up that's people. awesome that's all i hope they're i hope they listen and, yeah. and 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 if they don't send it to them so they can listen I because i think I think they deserve that. Yeah, they deserve that praise. I completely agree with you. So let's let's end this on a on a more exciting note, and you know something that most people don't know about you. And and I know you. You're very humble about this, but I think it's kind of cool. So talk to me about this little phase of modeling that you no, did. It's definitely not modeling. No, no, it's phase of modeling. Let's be honest. If I see you on a website with with someone else's attire on, you're modeling. So yeah. I, I work with things uh, to a certain extent, and 
Um, it's basically a scrubs company. That okay. They do really awesome stuff. So going to dental school, I was wearing Danny scrubs. That, right. You know, like, swam in those things and almost. <laughs> Um, they started making these scrubs and I really liked them, so I ended up buying a pair and at and one point or another got in contact with them. And yeah. They wanted to kind of work with me just to, you know, promote their stuff. Right. And so, um, yeah, it's just a, it's a good company. If you any dental students or dentists out there want to get a good pair of scrubs and look good in them, I think in our profession, a big aspect of it is working and dressing professionally. Yeah. I think if they, when the patient sees you, they want to see a professional looking person. They don't want to see somebody wearing pajama pants. Right. Uh, big shirt. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was the one good aspect of it. You can still dress in scrubs, but actually look the part of the dentist. And, and that's F-I-G-S, correct? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Actually, um, when, when I met you and you were telling me about this, I started researching figs. And yeah. everybody that I've talked to, I mean this, everybody I've talked to say two things. They say, it's comfortable and it lasts a very long time. I like the Lululemon of scrubs. If I were to like well, I mean, yeah, except for you know, my, you know, I'm not gonna be like harassed in <laughs> in them. Right. While well, if you're like Lululemon, you're gonna be harassed and you're gonna have perverts taking pictures exactly. of you and stuff. But no, these are very comfortable. Super comfortable. Yeah. They, I mean, this again, other people are telling me this. You know, they're like they last forever. They don't fade. Yeah, and you know scrubs they fade yeah. and they look bad. Yeah, like after two years or a year, even you're like, what the heck is that guy wearing? Yeah. You need to go get some new scrubs. Because we work in a field where doctors and you know dentists they all they buy pretty expensive clothes, and, and you know at the end of the day they wear scrubs that like look like you're wearing ragtag. I agree. Ragdoll. I agree. Clothes. So for a company to actually see that there's like a potential in this and actually take advantage of that, right? You know, they're definitely making the most of it and they're putting a lot of quality into it. You know, it's also funny, a friend of mine, I remember when we were residents, he would get his scrubs tailored. The ones he bought from the scrub store, he'll get tailored. And figs honestly look like they're already tailored for you. You know what I mean? So, jogger pants. Right. Yeah. He's a soccer player. That's like a dream come true. Jogger pants, you know? I agree with you. I took full advantage of that. So, yeah. I mean, big shout out to figs. For sure. So, so you can say. So in summary, you can say that not only you're an African, you know, boy, and I'm gonna rep- you're gonna represent. Not only are you a humble guy, you're a model, <laughs> photographer, right? You do a lot. You I'm do a lot. Is <laughs> there you go? But in the end, I really appreciate the story that you told us about success and failure. Yeah. Because a lot of people realize don't realize that when you when you fail. You really don't really fail, right? You you learn from that and yeah. you say, okay, the only time you fail is when you actually don't continue, right? Because right? we all had an opportunity to maybe not continue. You right. could have said, I'm done with dentistry after the first exam that you failed, yeah, where you didn't get I in. I those moments where I did contemplate it, but, you know, I feel like being a soccer fan, I feel right. like we have a lot of role models that we look up to and a lot of their quotes are about, you know, like Michael Jordan is like how like all the shots he missed before right. you know he got to where he is. Right, right. Um, just things like that. You just have to look for a role model of someone that you can look up to. If anything, if like if you're ultimately giving up on things, just look at the people that you really look up to and right. see all the failures they went through to get to where they are. That's beautiful. Tiger Woods recently just won. You know, after what fourteen years? Exactly. You and know, like, you know, he's, and he's, two back surgeries. Right. And right? Now and then, he went through a lot of failures, even after winning all yeah. the time. So mm-hmm. that's just another thing. I think he was ranked like 600 at one point. Yeah. I mean, he how do you go from one to like 600? Right. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah, I think so, I'm like right below him, and I don't even play golf. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, so. Just, that's an example of just like you just got to keep working at it. Right. You know, you keep putting in the effort. 
at some point it's going to reward you in some way. That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, you're definitely a very positive guy, and I really appreciate that. And I think once in a while we need to have positivity. Not if not if this you know on this podcast, just in life in general, right. you know, and and with students that are maybe listening, you got to understand that it's not easy because yeah. I think you hear and see people that are like, oh yeah, I did so well, I got straight A's in dental school, I got straight A's in undergrad, whatever. No, no, not that's not all of us, right? Some of us just got here just based on pure, you know, grit, yeah. pure. Let's hustle. Let's get it. You know what I mean? So being in like medical school, dental school is you're in a bubble of people where they're all comparing each other. So right. you compare yourself to that person next to you, but you don't realize that you guys are all at the end of the day going to be a dentist. At the end of the day, you're going to get to where you need to. You just have to keep at it, and I mean the only thing stopping you from that is just getting up, like you said. So. Just don't compare yourself to anybody. Just keep focusing on yourself and you'll get there. Wisdom. All right. Well, I'm not going to say any more. That was excellent. We're going to stop here. And I thank you very much for coming on. All right. Take care, boss. And you know what the crazy part is? After we finish recording this podcast, for everybody that waited to the end, and I'm glad that you waited to the end, after you recorded this, Figs was actually really nice enough to give us a little discount code that included 15% off and free shipping. And the code is, get ready, write it down now, FIGXMAGAGE. Let me go ahead and say that. It's FIGS, F-I-G-S, the letter X, M-O-G-A-J. All right? So go on there, get yourself some excellent looking scrubs, some wonderful looking scrubs. All right? Take care, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at realdentist with an S at gmail.com. That's realdentist, R-E-A-L, dentist with an S, at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that, our professional opinions. The final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.